0: Hello, and welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. The San Diego region has enough water to weather a multi-year drought. Michael Smolens has the story. Then, name-drop San Diego just turned one. We'll share some highlights, but first the news. Thursday was graduation day for the first women to attend Marine Boot Camp in San Diego. It was only the third graduation open to family and friends since the events were suspended in March 2020 due to the coronavirus. Until now, all women were trained at the service's East Coast Boot Camp in South Carolina in segregated companies away from their male counterparts. National City is the first city in San Diego County to allow cannabis consumption lounges following a four to one city council vote on Tuesday. The ordinance lays out the framework for allowing retail sales, cultivation, distribution, manufacturing, and transportation of cannabis and cannabis products. Lounges will be allowed in industrial zones and tourist commercial areas west of Interstate 5. The ordinance is expected to take effect in 30 days. The City of San Diego announced that Ocean Beach Pier will reopen as early as this summer after the city repairs damages caused by storms. City engineers say a portion of the pier can safely reopen once railing and other repairs are made, but certain sections will remain closed for safety reasons. The 55-year-old pier has been closed since January after high surf caused railing boards to break. The San Diego region is in good shape when it comes to water, at least for now. UT columnist Michael Smolens writes that despite a weak snowpack across the state and below normal local rainfall, San Diego will have enough water to survive a long drought. Michael, you're writing this column at a time when Governor Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency in Mendocino and Sonoma counties. He's also being urged to do the same for the Central Valley. Why is it that San Diego is in a comfortable position uh, when other regions are struggling?
1: Well, it's very mixed throughout the state. And, you know, a lot of the the water has to do with local efforts and local resources. Uh, You know, in the Sierra, you often have, you know, a lot of snow and water and and, and so forth, that feeds a lot of the state. For really at least a couple decades or more, San Diego, you know, really doesn't have any local source to speak of. I mean, we get rainfall, but we've had to import water for ages. Uh, And what they've done is because a drought in the 1990s, early 1990s, the the local supply really got cut uh, by other water agencies. So they decided they needed to diversify so over time, they've built up sources from the Imperial County and other water agencies and certain recycling programs. Uh, so they're in that kind of shape that whether we have a drought for you know this year or a few more years, uh, be in we wouldn't notice it really in the the amount of water we need.
0: Is this a problem that the San Diego region can stay ahead of? Like I think I read in your story, you know we're probably fine for about five years. Is it something we have to revisit in five years, or can we sort of stay ahead of? Uh, you know that issue
1: well the goal is to stay ahead uh you know they want to keep expanding those sources certain things are coming online for instance just not too long ago the desalination plant that you know makes uh, seawater drinkable up in carlsbad went online and in the next decade or so we will have the pure water san diego project uh, which takes wastewater and makes that potable Uh, so those are going to be big uh you know additions to the, the local water source but, you know, you look at things historically and, and, you know, scientists have looked at not just, you know, modern civilization, but going back a thousand years or so. And, you know, they look at that and we talk about a few year drought, maybe a five year drought. You know, they were looking at drought conditions for, you know, 100 years. So that kind of stuff will be the challenge, whether that kind of comebacks comes back and where we can uh, you know, develop and find the water to, to deal with that.
0: Yeah, that surprised me. In your column, you quoted a professor from UC Berkeley who says that when you look at the last century, uh, you know, it was actually a pretty wet uh, century for California. And that seems hard to believe. So if what we're experiencing now is wet, what is dry going to look like?
1: Well, it's a good point. In in a way, it's sort of startling, if not frightening. Um, And she also pointed out that, you know, during the last 150 years, that's really when California happened. That's when really the population growth, the development, how we decided to you know you know collect and manage water, and so if that's a wet year, if that's a wet stretch, uh, there has to be, going to be some re- rethinking. Um, you know, having said that, technology is booming ahead. I mean, you just think of how short a time it's been we've had cell phones. Uh, now that's not water technology, but you know, clearly being able to, to to desalt the ocean was something that seemed to be a pipe dream a long time ago, and use wastewater, uh, which. You know, we use it euphemistically the the initial wastewater to drinking water program was initially called toilet to tap but people thought oh, that's no. just not a, that's just not a good label for that uh, you know what the bottom line is that it, i don't know ultimately that's going to be a shortage of water it's going to be just the end of cheap water because this stuff is very expensive
0: yeah, you wrote that the painful irony is that you know consumers will uh, use less water but pay you know more for it. Is that something we should get used to? Is that already underway, or or is that something that will happen in the future?
1: It, it is. It's it's been happening. And San Diego uh, has uh, some of the highest water prices uh, in the state, and you know that's partially because of the effort to become more independent, diversifying sources of water. You know, not just the recycling stuff, but like I said. For, our own efforts rather than come through the metropolitan water district uh, the big mammoth water district uh, up in Los Angeles uh, which used to really control all our supply and there was just a desire to get independent of that because San Diego didn't feel like they were going to be they've been dealt fairly
0: Last week, Democrats in the California Senate unveiled a 3.4 billion dollar package aimed at programs to ease the impact of the drought. Uh, can you tell us a little more about that program? How will the money be used, and is it expected to pass?
1: I think it will be, or some form of that. Uh, you know, one thing to keep in mind that in past droughts, when they've provided drought relief, uh, you know, money. Uh, like the last big drought, it was just uh, coming out of the recession, so the state wasn't really flush. The state has a huge surplus, so they have money to spend. And this is not going to go for dams or these real long-range projects that are very controversial, but just things to make water systems more efficient, basically stop the leaks. Uh, also, one of the successful things they've done uh, in past droughts is provide incentives for people basically to get rid of their lawns and to get uh, you know fake grass or xeriscapes, you know, the the drought-tolerant plants. That kind of thinking has cut down uh, consumer usage tremendously. Uh, in San Diego County, uh, we use 50% less water than we did uh, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, and that's a big part of why the, the region has water stability right now. Not just bringing in these new sources of water, but the fact that conservation has really changed the game.
0: That three point four billion is more than was spent in the last drought, but you mentioned it, it is going to be used for improvements and things going forward. Should we expect, as a state, to have to pay that much? Uh, you know, fairly regularly, or is this sort of a one-time thing?
1: Well, I'm sure every drought there will be certain aspects of drought relief, but uh, you know, I think the the idea that that you know, depending on how how long this lasts, you know, for instance, uh, they're not going to have to provide grants or offer grants for you know, people that have already changed their landscape to more drought tolerant, if, you know, no water usage at all. Uh, similarly, I think with when they are you know paying for improved water systems by water agencies, those should last longer. So if we're in this position five years from now, perhaps they won't have to do that. Uh, but it's hard to say they, you know, there's always efforts to bring, you know, drought relief, because what they can't do is they can't make it rain. So they have to just, you know, really try to find things that that Find more efficiencies and manage water better.
0: Yeah, and final question I mean, how is this tied to wildfires or is it connected at all?
1: Well, the droughts certainly are, as we know. I mean, you know, as I ended my column, I said, looking at the drought history of California, really the thousand or so year history, uh, you know, even though we're pretty water secure in the water that we use in San Diego, it's no time to get smug. And we know that because. We face potential devastating wildfires as elsewhere. Frankly, we've been fortunate in the last few years where Northern California has really gotten hit hard. Uh, that's just not going to stop. I think that the next big question is how we develop. Are we going to continue to put, uh, you know, developments, you know, homes out in fire-threatening threatened areas? And um, you know, that's a different question than water.
0: Okay, now for opinion. Uh, This week we have some really exciting news. Name Drop San Diego, our weekly interview podcast, turns one. I'm here with my co-host, Abby Hamblin. Uh, and Let's just start off with a reel that Abby made, sort of uh, giving some highlights of this past year of guests.
2: Hello, listeners. Welcome to Name Drop San Diego, where we talk to fascinating people who shape our community and have been shaped by it. I'm Abby Hamblin.
0: And I'm Christy Totten, we're your hosts. Today we're talking to Ellen Ochoa, Tony Gwen Jr., Claudia Sandoval, Congresswoman Sarah Jacobs. If you haven't guessed already, we're talking about Mario Lopez. Public Health Officer Wilma Wooten. We've got a literal rock star guest for you today.
1: We'd play shows all over San Diego and all the other bands would be cheering cheering each other on, you know. And I you'd go up to LA and it felt like it was a competition. And San Diego always felt like a camaraderie.
2: So much of growing up in San Diego was you know, it was pretty diverse. I just want to ask, do you like San Diego now more than Miami?
1: Oh yeah. I liked Yay. San Diego more than Miami after being in San Diego for about 30 seconds. I'm so glad that San Diego's changing. And I'm 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 really at seventy-eight and you've seen a lot of things. We have this perception that it's too happy too sunny to produce interesting art and that is not true at all
2: thank you for listening to name drop san diego thanks again for joining us and see you next time
0: uh first of all abby amazing job on that i'm seriously so impressed and it like takes me back to a
2: lot of those interviews we've done yeah thank you it was so fun going back down memory lane to make that and it just reminded me how great of guests we've had over one year
0: for sure. I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the Genesis story. Um, Abby, you were working um, as the full-time host of a podcast called The Conversation uh, before we sort of pivoted to, I don't know if it's like The Conversation 3.0 or 4.0 or 5.0, <laughs> but can you give the kind of backstory just about how uh, Name Drop came to be?
2: Yeah, so I think that, I mean, I had, do, I had been doing a podcast um, on my own And there are just such interesting people in San Diego from so many different backgrounds and fields of study and industries that, you know, we were just kind of looking for a way to get more of those unique stories and voices into the Union Tribune. And I think, you know, so many people were turning to podcasts as their preferred medium uh, for getting news and information that we just, you know, two and two came together and we decided to kind of fully pursue an interview podcast, especially with uh, you coming along, thank goodness, um, mm-hmm. because it just made it all the more better. And and one thing that's interesting too, is if you look at the premiere date, which was May 5th, um, we decided to basically just jump right in um, two months or a month and a half or so uh, into working from home during the pandemic. So I think the thought then was that, you know, people are having a hard time. It's, um you know, we're kind of isolated and maybe this is a way to help people connect to their community and you know, get to know people and hear from people while they're just sort of stuck at home with their family or, you know, even living alone. So uh, that was another reason we just decided to reinvent it and um, you and I do it together. And we've had such uh, interesting guests. And I think even we've even been able to get some guests that we wouldn't have because people are at home and available, you know, so um, I'm really proud of what we've done in a year and really grateful that you've been with me along the way.
0: Aw, thanks, Abby. Um, thank you for letting me um share the podcast with you. Um, Yeah, just looking over this past year, I think it is really hard to uh, believe that it's been a year. You know, we were kind of in the conceptualization stages when the pandemic hit and kind of rushed it out just because we felt like people had... Um, or people needed good news, you know, and we've, we've tried to provide that. Um, just looking back at some of the guests we've had, it's really run the gamut. You know, our first guest was John Foreman, lead singer of Switchfoot. Um, then Ellen Ochoa, an astronaut. Like, it was amazing for me to talk to a person who has left our planet. <laughs> you know, I really didn't expect to ever have um, that opportunity. But uh, some of the other guests, you know, a Pulitzer Prize winning composer. We've had writers, artists, activists, scientists, fashion designers, fishermen, Do you have any
2: highlights? What stands out to you? Yeah. Even just listening to you say that, it really takes me back. I also had that sort of amazed feeling talking to, uh, Ellen Ochoa and hopefully it's not our last astronaut on the podcast. Mm -hmm. There's so many from San Diego or with ties to San Diego. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, the memory, the memories that I have are just when, you know, we're kind of surprised by what we hear, you know, we've, um, seen some really emotional moments from people. I think, you know, sometimes people don't always want to talk about themselves, but I think that kind of helps you understand who they are and what they do. And so that's what I think is really cool about our podcast is we not only ask about their profession and kind of what they're known for or what they do, but who they are. And it really tells a really interesting story. um, And I think helps you, you know, just see what, what really uh, all these people bring to our San Diego community and um, I think also it's just been cool that we've been able to connect to some people who grew up in San Diego and went away. Um, definitely one of my favorites has been Kelly Marie Tran, who some might know uh, as Rose Tico from star Wars, but yeah, her career has absolutely exploded. And um, she's now uh, voicing one of the uh, Disney animated characters. The movie just came out riot and the last dragon. And she was just, you know, just like anybody you would hang out with here in San Diego uh, really loves, loves her hometown and, you know, hasn't gotten to, you know, star, uh, you know, she doesn't seem like one of those kind of Hollywood has changed me people. She's just so, um, nice and, um, so, so talented. And it was really nice of her to come spend some time with us. So I recommend checking that out, but just so many, so many cool people, so many cool stories. I think there's something for everybody. If you go back through our lineup.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of our taglines has been, you know, people who have shaped San Diego and have been shaped by it. It was really cool in that reel that you made just to hear some of the highlights, you know, things that people had to say about San Diego. I know that sometimes people feel like, um, you know, it's in the shadow of LA or it has a lot of growing to do, but I think it's such a, a unique place on its own. So I want to ask you, you've been here longer than I have,
2: but what are, what are some of your favorite things about San Diego? Oh, interesting. You know, what's really cool about hosting this and doing these interviews is I think I learned things about San Diego too. One of the things that you've heard in that little reel is uh, Matt de la Pena, who has gone on to become a Newberry. Uh, medal winner, an incredible author of children's books and other books, you know, he kind of described this feeling that he had after going to live in New York for a while, um, that people don't see San Diego as a place with interesting art. And I think that's true of many things. I think, you know, San Diego is overlooked in some cases. I mean, even looking at the Padres who one of our most recent episodes was with the radio broadcaster of the Padres. But I think, you know, like you said, there's so much to offer here. And I think it is kind of just seen as happy and sunny and, um, you know, maybe doesn't get the full exposure. We also talked to, uh, chef Claudia Sandoval, who talked about, you know, what it meant to her to put a representation of Latina chefs on MasterChef, which she won in season six. And I just think all of these people, you know, really do make San Diego proud. I feel proud listening to their stories and what they contribute to our community. And I think that's just one of my favorite things about San Diego is the people. It's why I want to stay here for as long as I can. And I'm proud to be one of them. And I've just grown so much just from being around such Cool and interesting people, whether it's in our newsroom or just out in the community. So, yeah, it, it means a lot to me to be a part of this podcast. Yeah, me
0: too. And and a, and a part of this community, like you said. I mean, we talk about this often, but I'm just like so consistently blown away by the the people who live in this region and the amazing things that they do. Um, so, final question for you is, you know, what do you hope for uh, in the in the second year of name drop? Any goals? Ooh. Um... Number one I, on Apple Podcasts.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check us out on all the all your listen your favorite listening apps. We're everywhere. Um, I have some some you know dream guests in mind. I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to jinx. You got to put it out there. But they're probably listening. <laughs> actually, actually, that's true. But um, <laughs> I'll I'll keep it to my Twitter feed. Go check me out there. Um, but I think just to continue to really bring a diverse list of guests. I I really am proud of how we kind of hit every industry, every community. Um, We really think about the the guests we're bringing on as far as, um, you know, if you're a foodie, you will hear a food episode quickly. If you're into science, if you're into nature, you know, we have an episode with a gardener coming up. Um, We're trying to really um, bring something for everyone. And I think that also just speaks to Um, what San Diego has to offer that we can do so much in so many different um, communities. So um, I just hope that we continue bringing on really interesting people. I hope everyone continues to say yes and continues (laughs) to listen. Uh, I hope you'll share our podcast with your friends because we work really hard on it. And I just think the guests deserve that spotlight and, you know, to have their stories be heard. So uh, I just hope we keep going and keep doing it well
0: yeah well said um and also you know hearing from listeners i know that on this podcast news fix you get a little snippet of name drop if you haven't let yet listened, please go check it out you know you can find it on all your favorite apps um also you know find us on social media and let us know who you want to hear from you know that's happened and, and we've tried to follow through and get those
2: guests so thanks for the support please check us out abby anything else no just give us a listen and tell a friend thank you so much You can find these stories at
0: com. I'm Christy Totten, host of the San Diego News Fix. Thanks for listening.